At Push My Buttons Podcast, you can get all the gaming news, as well as information on latest releases and game reviews. You can also watch us play some of your favorite games, everything from Sonic the Hedgehog to God of War, on YouTube and Twitch. Follow us on all the social media and listen on all of your favorite apps. Just search for Push My Buttons Podcast. Think of the children! You must walk feminine, talk feminine, smile and beguile feminine, utilize your femininity. That's what every girl should know, if she wants to catch a bow. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? Okay, first, I'm not a princess. I'm the daughter of the chief. Same difference. No. If you wear a dress and you have an animal sidekick, you're a princess. I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye, the movie podcast where we talk about movie franchises and what they mean. We're coming to the tail end of the Disney of the Disney Princess era tale, haha, with Raya and the Last Dragon. Everyone loves a tale. Everybody loves <laughs> a tale about dragon tales. Um, By the so way, shout out shout out to the people who made this movie by to by going to the pete's dragon for two weeks and and learning from the dragon culture that's what i was like is this it? was there a two weeks where they went to somewhere in ireland and got I'll the dragon be your on the water they went to uh dragonstone no, they well, we'll 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 get to what they actually did because it's actually a a bit more impressive than that. They've learned from you know instead of the typical Disney, oh, we'll go on a two week vacation somewhere. They actually did some homework here and got the right people involved. So, but yeah, the, but Raya and the Last Dragon. This is a very different kind of movie. Uh, it is n- not a musical, but it is a princess movie. In a lot of ways, I mean, she is the daughter of the chief, but she is a warrior princess with and an animal sidekick. It's a yeah, an it's a dual princess movie. There's two princesses. There's in two it. princesses. Yeah, so it's uh, that, I like that's a princess. spin doctor song, right? Yeah, one two princess. Princesses, no. this is here before. Uh, I don't think that would work. Nineties no. dad jokes. Nineties <laughs> dad jokes. <laughs> Andy started it. I did. I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm wearing extra wide leg pants and like those really thin eyebrows. That's what those dad jokes look like. Oh, no. Listen to grunge. I just put a little thin on it. That's my fault. Hey. Hey, I resemble that that, that remark (laughs) with my cargo shorts and my fighters t-shirt what are you talking about shorts anyway. with 20 pockets on them yeah. mm-hmm. i'm pretty yeah. sure that i resemble that joke tonight That's right. yep. literally wearing overalls with 20 pockets uh, yeah. love it with your giant cell phone that runs on a lantern battery for 20 minutes and then you have to recharge it those I, I am gonna put on my tiva sandals and come over there and show you exactly what <laughs> holy smokes you had like thoughts all you wore were tiva sandals all oh, i wore in the 90s yeah I had and I had the tan lines to prove it. <laughs> Holy cow! Anyway, uh, enough about 
the 90s, let's talk about Ryan the Last Dragon, which came out in 2021. Um, but a very different kind of princess movie. Um, and I think the most important thing about this movie is this was a COVID movie. This was the first movie we've talked about that was specifically impacted by the pandemic. Its release was delayed. There were many things changed uh, for the film because of it. And I think has a specific poignancy about what we were all feeling during the pandemic because of that. Uh, when, when this first came out, I was hit super hard by it. Um, I bawled like a baby because of how em just emotionally resonant this was with me. But um, I, I think that was not the case for everyone. What, what about the rest of you? When did, when did y'all first see this movie? I, well, I oh, go ahead, Melissa. Oh, I didn't want to pay. I think it was like thirty dollars or something. To yeah, watch it Disney was thirty dollars. Yeah, twenty nine ninety nine. Crazy. Like, yeah. look, y'all. I'm a cheap Mexican. When I go to the movies, I go to the matinee. It's like six something, and I just buy like one small soda and keep refilling it over and over. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, we're talking like ten bucks. And I've got my soda and my and my movie, and I sneak in some, you know, some candy or something, and that's it. Like I'm I'm a cheap Mexican, what so you I yeah. can't, you know, I can't see paying thirty bucks for a movie that you can only watch for like I think like forty eight hours or some shit. Like yeah. no, I just couldn't do it. So I had to wait till it was like properly released, like for free on Disney Plus, um, before I could before I watched it. Yeah. I paid the thirty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> but I, here's I, the here's the reason why is like I was home and I had kids that were home and that were like struggling and suffering and like it was the only thing they had been excited about in so very very long that I was like you know what I haven't spent any money going out and doing anything not going to eat not and so yeah I. I paid the $30 and oh, I was so glad that I did. Like Prudence loved it and Dylan loved it and it hit me super hard. And um, like speaking of 1991, like I had to go back and look up how long it had been since the movie prior to this one because it felt like three decades of involvement had happened between the last Disney movie and this one. Like, it was so much more well written and better done but i was really glad yeah jb when when did you first see raya i you know i think the first time i saw it start to finish was last week um yeah. i think i think they had it on in the background um when i was at work or something and they were we were watching it but i you know it's, it's like you said i remember the, if you're not watching the movie, like the tone of the movie is still really powerful, right? Mm -hmm. so like even when you're in the other room, it's it's a really moving, powerful kind of movie, both visually and you know auditory. Like the, the there's a lot of strength in how it's written. The, the the script is really strong. 
I think the music has a really good ad. I, I really liked everything about it and I'm glad I got to watch it because it just augmented kind of what I had heard in the background, right? But it is, it, that's like you said, Brooke, it's, they learned a lot and this is a really, really powerful and well done movie. I, I like that. Yeah, we so we we paid for it um, so we could watch it. Um, but there, we also went and saw it in the theater um, under very, very specific circumstances. My um, my younger son had broken his leg during um, a this freak winter storm in in texas he went outside to go play in the snow and fell and broke his uh um broke his leg pretty badly and was laid up in bed and um he really really wanted to go see a movie and i said okay well you know if you if you get if you keep going to physical therapy and you get to the point where you can you know walk with your walker okay then we we will go to the alamo draft house and go see a movie and you can choose what you want and i think um it was in its third or fourth release and we were able to get it a week of release and we were able to get into a theater that was completely empty except for us and um he just had a great time and when i mentioned we were doing raya he's like that was He's like, that was a really important movie for me because like that was the first time I'd left the house for anything except for physical therapy in months. And, um, you know, and it was a really good time. And it felt like the, the tone of the movie, especially it's like, okay, things are really grim, but you know, maybe there's some hope in the world and things might, might be getting better if we just, you know, stick together. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, so, uh, there, there's some, there's some emotion there with, with us. And then, um, a couple weeks later when it, when it came out fully on Disney plus, I like made the rest of the family. I'd been saying like for weeks and weeks and weeks, we gotta watch Raya. It's so good. It's going to make everybody cry. And then like, sure enough, we all sat down and everybody cried and it was, uh, um yeah that's that's a really interesting perspective because again because i didn't see it fully during the pandemic it's it's really interesting the parallels right yeah and i i that's a really good point and and you know andy if you have more on that it'd be interesting to talk about like how this movie maybe unbeknownst to itself kind of paralleled that I don't want to say, you know, loneliness or anything, but just the whole vibe that happened during that time. Um, Just if you had more on that, I'd be interested. Absolutely. Well, so, I mean, these, these movies, you know, take like five years from, you know, the, the initial point to when they actually get released. So like they'd been working on this for a while. Um, but really the most important thing, um, that that happened in the development of this movie is the this coincides really with the shift um from john lassiter lots of hug and bear himself uh to jennifer lee 
as the new head of Disney Animation Studios. And Lasseter's vibe has had always been like, yeah, let's go, you know, we'll send the animators on a two week vacation to go, you know, to this location. And they just like kind of talk to people and get some ideas and then they come back and then they do whatever. And uh, Lee, who had done, who we talked about um, in Frozen and uh, and also had worked on Zootopia and a lot of other product projects, um, really sort of changed what they were supposed to do with a lot of this. So yes, they did go on these scouting trips, but while they were there, they um, made connections with with people in the communities and included them in uh, in everything that they did. So they actually ended, you know, they created just like with Moana this um, this cultural trust and members of that trust, not all of them, but a couple of them were actually in charge of uh, every single line in the script they signed off on. Every single shot, every single visual element they signed off on. Uh, they were collaborated with to an, a huge, huge amount and um, really tried to, to get this thing right. Um, the, the script was written by uh, Adele Lynn, who had written Crazy Rich Asians. And, um, and then they brought in uh, another uh, Asian writer, um, Kui... Oh, and now I'm forgetting her. Kui Mien? I believe it's her name. I'll, I'll look at it. I apologize if I'm, if I'm getting that wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, they were putting... Asian women in charge of the story and writing it. And um, also really, really interestingly uh, about halfway through the production, they brought in uh, kind of a, a crazy co-director, uh, the, the director of the film Blind Spotting which I don't know if anybody else has seen that the movie with David Diggs. Oh, I thought you said train spotting. I was like, Oh my God. No. Blind spotting. Uh, it's a movie about David Diggs being out on parole and like how, no, that's how hard it is to like, you know, deal with. When was that movie? Was that around the same time or is that an old, that, movie? that movie came out in 2018. Okay. And he was brought on, um, to work on this movie in 2019. Okay. Um, and between 2019 and 2020, a lot of the movie changed a lot of focus, actually. Uh, in fact, they had, when this movie was first announced in 2019, they had a different actress playing, um, playing Raya. And um, Kelly Marie Tran actually uh, was brought on later, and they had to... Um, they actually had to like kind of talk her into it because she had, she had read for the part originally and they had turned her down. And so she'd kind of soured on it, but they had to, as they changed directors, they went back to her. And as they changed, 
what the direction of the movie was. They're like, we have to have you in here. And she and Kelly Marie Tran ended up being a major creative voice in the film. She really became uh, a lot of who Raya was and she brought in a lot of humor that wasn't there previously. She did a lot of ad-libbing. Um, the, the scene uh, where uh, she, the scene where she's at the end of the river and this is the last place where she's looking for, um, uh, for the dragon and she says this prayer to Sisu. She just was like, hey, I have this idea. Can we do it? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. And that was her. That was ad-libbed. And um, if you go and watch a lot of the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff that's on Disney+, Plus, uh, you see everybody just, like, praising Kelly Marie Tran, like, up and down for how important she was for the development of this film. Then in... <laughs> Then in 2020, COVID happened and they're, you know, they have the film more or less sketched out. Um, they have the script more or less done. They know what they're going to do, but they haven't recorded everything. They haven't finished the animation and now we're shutting everything down and a team of over 400 animators and like a hundred support staff and producers and, and on and on all suddenly have to work on this movie from their homes via zoom. And that's how they finished the movie. Um, so there's, there's this great footage of them, like everybody setting up their home recording studios, like in their closets or, um, whatever Aquafina's like look I set up a tent in my living room and this is my recording studio now and um they had to finish this movie under very different circumstances and some of that did creep into the script and the the ideas that the world is broken and we broke it <laughs> I think had a much bigger resonance with everyone as they were making this and the weight of that just changed everything. So it, there, there's a lot of the pandemic in here and um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's so it, it really, it really changed a lot about this movie, even though a lot of it was already kind of set up even previous to that. So, uh, yeah, but hats off to everyone involved who made this amazing film under the craziest of circumstances. So can I say something here? I think maybe it's an appropriate place to insert this. Um, yeah. So when we talked about Coco, when I was not crying, um, <laughs> I said how I loved how it was specific to Mexico. And the same thing I think can be said about um, uh, what's the, uh, the I don't know, talk about Bruno that movie Where? oh Encanto Encanto yeah. okay I couldn't remember the name being specific to Colombia um, you know I I love that they you know because then it's the culture is one specific culture right 
in this case, in Raya, they said that it was like Southeast Asian, mm-hmm. but it feels like an amalgam of different ones. It is. And I really wish they'd go more specific, you know, like Kelly Marie Tran is Vietnamese. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have done that. Um, you know, it, it, because some of the legends of the dragons, you know, that like that, that they incorporated are kind of rooted in, in specific Southeast Asian cultures and not like a, you know, a diaspora or something. It, it's, right. it, it's, it, it felt like a step back because we know they can do specific countries. We saw that with Coco mm-hmm. and they didn't do that here. And then they, you know, yeah, one Southeast Asian as the lead, but then the rest were like Korean, Korean American, Chinese American. That's not Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. and it's it felt like one of those things where, you know, well, as long as they're Asian, nobody cares, right? You know, um, it, it it's not exactly like James Bond casting Italians as Latinos. It's not like that bad, but I. It would have been nice. I mean, Southeast Asian actors don't get a lot of work in American films. They just right. don't. And it would have been nice for them. I mean, Aquafina is not hurting for parts. You know what I'm saying? Yep. She, you know, same with Daniel Day Kim, for example. Um, these are not actors that are, are hurting for, for money or for, for exposure or anything. Um, so it would have been nice to see them be more specific um, and maybe I'm just spoiled because my Mexican culture was so on display with Coco, but I know they're capable of it and they just didn't do it. Yeah, it's it it's definitely I mean, we we keep going back and forth with this with like them being very specific about a specific culture versus like trying to amalgamate a lot of things. And they they did try to make each of the five kingdoms a bit more specific like the heart is a bit more thai and vietnamese and um you know and 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 so on but you know but that's it's not the it's not the same um i i think you're right though i think it's you know it's it is harder um when when they try to do that and it almost it almost would have been better if they just said yeah this is this is malaysian this is you know um what what you know this is laotian you know like just choose something and have it be have it be there um but it is what it is and i think it's um yeah, i don't know i i don't want people to think i didn't like it i did like this movie because i can see past that and still appreciate the message of the movie and the fact that they are still you know incorporating asian cultures into mainstream movies that's a big deal still you know i'm not trying to poo poo on that but there there's still it's like they took so long to get just to this place that I I feel like a lot of people of color just don't have the patience anymore to wait for them to go as far as they should have. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Um, and, and so unless we're critical of them, 
then they're not going to change, you know, not permanently anyway. This, in terms of representation, this felt slightly like a regression just for the re that reason, you know, that they used just blanket Asian actors instead of specifically Southeast Asian ones. And because it was, like you said, an amalgamation of different, I mean, Southeast Asian countries, you know, they're, they're very different and diverse, you know, um, they don't, they don't have same culture, same languages. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not the same. You yeah. can't just mix them up like that. And so unless we criticize them while still enjoying them, we can still enjoy and criticize. You know what I'm saying? Like, totally. It's kind of like, you know, your family members, you know what I'm saying? Like you love them, but you know what they are too. You know that they're going to, you know, that you're going to fight with them sometimes. And, and that's how I feel about Disney in a way. Um, you know, I, I do love a lot of their stuff, but we're going to fight about certain things. And this is one of them because they need, because they have such a wide ranging influence and, and like, you know, um, Brooke specifically has talked about how big of, of a part of her childhood Disney was, you know, they need to bear some responsibility for these things because people, like I've said many times here, they learn from film and television and it, you have a responsibility being one of the giants of that industry to do things right. So while I appreciate the story and the message, there's still work to be done here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I completely agree with that point. And it's, I, I, this has been the entire exercise of Disney princesses is like, we really like this, but like here's, here's all, here's some problematic elements. And, and every film feels like a little bit of a step forward. And, um, so except yeah. for the, except for the beast's giant honker when he turns into a man, we, <laughs> That's the criticism. <laughs> I love but no, that I, movie, but yeah. No, Melissa's right on. I mean, again, that it, it is the common theme is, you know, we watch the movies and we go, gosh, this movie's really good and it and it exemplifies this and it does this, but it's always that thought in the back of your mind, right? Or, or sometimes very obvious. It's like, but they could have just taken the extra step, right, Melissa? Just, you know, go ahead just finish the lap do the extra step um and and, and kind of do it the right way right yeah yeah that would be nice and, and you know as time goes by they'll they'll catch up but it'll take them five ten years to catch up to where we want them to be now yeah. And then they'll still be five or 10 years behind. That's what it feels like with them. But they do get it right. I, I don't want to sound like Debbie Downer all the time because I feel like sometimes that's what I am when I criticize these things. But, um, you know, they do get it right sometimes with Coco, you know, or, or Encanto. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's possible. I know they're capable. That's the right. most disappointing part. And that's, I think, the, the big key is, I think, one, that there's more sensitivity because of the age group movies are directed to right like i mean we we say the same stuff about star wars and some of these other um you know clusters of films and tv shows um but 
and they also have a large emphasis, but I don't think it's as directed to such an impressionable age group, right? And I and I do, I agree with you. I think that's, they really do need to, you know, no one... No one ever expects to get into the the world and go, oh, I'm I'm a big role model, right? Sports people say it, movie stars say it. They go, oh, I'm not supposed to be an influence. I'm just your parents should do it or whatever. But yeah, at the same time, they're they're in a position where it is a really important key, right? Like Andy will tell you, no one expects Ted Cruz to be a role model. Um, but if, but if you're going to make <laughs> if you're going to make a princess movie about a very specific group of people, that princess would be best represented if you do it right right and so i'm 100 with you melissa and it has been great again we've talked about this a lot as we continue to watch these i think i think we all feel that same way like okay you're all yeah there's 51 right 55 percent, 61 you've got all the lessons why don't we just jump to 100 percent um and 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 do it I mean, the, but this is still a great step forward with Southeast Asian writers and a Southeast Asian lead actress and, um, or Southeast Asian American actress, I mean, you know, and, and they're, they're trying to do right, but it's, yeah, there's, you know, there's only so much that, that they can do, but they are. Um, but they're trying, and I think that the the ultimate product is still like an overall good. That especially when kids are are watching this, I think that um, you know they're. I mean, I don't know how many eight year olds are savvy enough to know that like, oh, Aquafina is Chinese um, American rather than you know from from Southeast Asia, but you know, uh, that they can still take on a message of, Oh, you know, when, when there's division, um, then that, then that creates destruction and we have to learn to work together and trust one another in order to, um, you know, to bring life and, and create community and that that's, that's more important. So, uh, you know, hopefully, the kids are picking up on that and uh and and i think that's an ultimate good tangent and also something that bothered me where's the mom yeah interesting question I, it, it, they, they did it again mom. where's the mother like why are we always getting rid of moms i mean i love the father-daughter relationship um i'm a sucker for father-daughter relationships in movies but Again, just one of those things. Where does the mom go? Why did I mean this? This time the dad got turned to stone. Yeah. Right? So again, you lose a parent. I, it's just one of those things that bugs me. Right? <laughs> where's the mom? Well, where's um, Namari's dad too? Yeah. I mean, where Where know. are the parent figures? Um, yeah. So, anyway, I don't know if anybody else, you know, Brooke. I don't know if that. If I just that was again, I was like, where where the hell's the mom? What what happened? Yeah, it's, I think there were a lot of things that they kind of just left unaddressed. Um, that that did sit a little weird. Yeah, I think it's an easy story trope to 
orphan a child early on to give them like motivation and backstory. Yeah, and you do the oh, you know. the dragon is the mother character, which no, but you know, I read yeah. some analysis of that where oh, that's why they do it so the dragon can represent the mom and they have the tighter relationship. Dragon's just a dragon, right? Like, or, I, but you could have that with the mom. Around. I got more like little sister vibes, right? Yeah, like, that's like, what you know. It's a weird take to be like, oh, it's a dragon's very matronly. Uh, I don't know what movie you watched. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, oh, she's... Oh, sorry. It's a fun sidekick. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I would love for Disney to figure out another fucking motivation other than losing your parents. Right. Why does that always have to be the motivation? I mean, how about like, oh, I don't know, fucking colonialism or, you know, some kind of injustice or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot... And anywhere in Southeast Asia, there's a shit ton of motivations that people could have for, you know, wanting to help their people. I mean, how about just helping their people? That's motivation enough. It doesn't, it always has to be a fucking tragedy. I don't understand. I don't understand that mindset. I mean, that's what was kind of refreshing about Moana, right? Like, it was to, to go help the people. Yeah. And, and that was really refreshing. I'm with you, Melissa. I, I think I would have liked that to carry on and just go, hey, this is just something that needs to be done. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that would have been good. Bye. Or to get vengeance for the girl that broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I'll get back at her. I'll show her. So, yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, I, I love that relationship, though between those two i thought between that was, ryan and amari yeah uh, and yeah. and i think the uh i, I don't know um you know andy or, or brooke if your kids picked on it but i, I think they really enjoyed that um, very subtle subtext of relationship in this film um so i i, I know the, the girls here love that like oh they just really like each other and why doesn't disney do something with it you know <laughs> they're you you so you ship Raya and Numari and yeah, yeah. I mean they kind of do it at the end but I, I, I mean you have an opportunity maybe to to expand on that later on I guess maybe I mean I I I mean I always I'm I'm hoping that they can do that it I although ironically um, it's many of the Southeast Asian countries that have the most restrictive policies against Very any sort true. of homosexuality being on screen. Very true. In a kids movie. So it's like uh, easiest way to get some, get a movie banned from Malaysia or Singapore or uh, Vietnam or yeah. yeah. But the kids have, do love, the kids love the shipping though. I yeah. It was a good movie with that. It there, there is a little bit of that subtext, I think, but not, not a lot. Definitely not enough to trip the 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 censors in Indonesia. So, you know, they're okay. I have another specific thing, but I feel like I've been talking a lot. So. I'm for it. Okay. Um, y'all, this is a climate change movie. And that's another reason why I like this movie. I feel like the the essential problem here 
is about cooperation and trust. And that without that, you see this, you know, this terror coming through and hurting people, um, turning them into stone, getting rid of water, which I think is, is an important piece here. And um, the fact that, you know, it, the movie starts out with Raya in this like barren wasteland. Um, one of the reasons why this was so resonant for me is because I feel like when I think about how the world is broken, yes, I thought a lot about COVID, but I also thought a lot about climate change and um, that this is really about how, you know, heart and fang may as well be the United States and China as the two largest emitters of greenhouse gases. And unless we can find a way to trust one another and work with one another, we are not going to be able to defeat this no matter how much we individually try to save our own communities or do what we can just just for our own our own sphere of influence and um so that's another reason why this really resonates for me is um even though it's completely not explicit i feel like climate change is definitely a metaphor um, that that is in here for for the drone and the, the problem there. I think Unless that's people, a really yeah. poignant part of this is like being aware of what's happening and learning to have the conversations instead of continuing the fights and the conflict, um, especially when it comes to climate change. Like it's it's something that's it's very strange to me how we live in a world where facts are becoming opinionized instead of being held as facts. Um, mm -hmm. Like, nope, I just don't believe that that's real. Okay, but you don't get to decide to have an opinion on whether or not the earth is flat. Like, right. I don't understand why this is being opinionized. So when it comes to climate change, I think that's one of those things that, um, I, I, don't, I don't understand why it's being used to polarize us against each other except to distract from the bigger behind-the-scenes things that they don't want anyone really paying attention to or looking at. Um, uh, but it's literally going to kill us all. And so that's really... Unfortunate isn't a strong enough word for, for it, but to show the importance of being able to come together and um, to, to literally save ourselves is is a really important thing that this movie does. I think there's, I think there's a lot that goes on in this movie that that, that, that circulates this main idea um, that I have more to talk about, but I don't want to take away from the climate change conversation right now and let other people say stuff. So I'll stop rambling. Yeah, thematically, there's a ton of subtext. Um, from a lot of different areas. I mean, they never really come out and say, I mean, Andy, how much of that is 
the the political aspect of of where this movie is released. I mean, because there's a lot of themes that are subtextual, right? We've talked about a couple of them. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I know there's always a Disney thing, but is there anything specific to, um, you know, the timing or um, how they marketed it? I always wonder that when we talk about these. I don't. I mean, it. It's, it's funny because it didn't feel like any of that was in any of the marketing. All I saw in this movie is warrior princess going out to find the last dragon and they're going to like unite and save their people. Like that was the movie that I thought I was getting and that's what we got, but I felt like there was so much more to it than that. But the... Um, the thing is, is it could be so many things because the the refrain in this movie, the world is broken. Um, there are so many ways that the world is broken and that we're separated from one another. And, you know, Raya as a character is on a personal journey too. And in order to, you know, finish her finish her journey she has to overcome a lot of misunderstanding and prejudices and um and and things like that in order to you know to try to to accomplish her mission and i think that's that's super important so that's the 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 line that i would like to talk a little bit more about like this this that same theme and current that's running with it. When I watched it, um, being me and where I'm coming from and watching this, I watched from the very beginning this girl talking about how the world was broken and how it was her fault. And then throughout the movie, struggling with the, the conflict of like owning responsibility for what was going on in a way that would still allow her to be productive, but also like fe- the feeling of betrayal, the feeling of um, being taken advantage of, and uh, Namari, like she calls her a a backstabbing traitor or whatever the words were when they when she's coming out um, of the the cave and like this back and forth that we all kind of struggle with of like you could see between the girls there's there's something there like we want to especially as women we want to support each other and trust each other and build each other up and so when you're talking about like that idea of trust um but having it so deeply ingrained in us like that we don't trust and that something bad is going to happen um women have been pitted against each other for so long to tear each other down and stop any real progression from happening that as I watched this movie and I saw Raya really struggling with these ideas of feeling like she had a friend that she could trust and that she could go and show this beautiful thing to and having it destroy everything and still trying to move forward through that back into trust and back into safety and back into to love and kindness and these different things. Um, I, I think that is a really powerful message of 
not just the, oh, it's okay to, to try again, but the message of how do I learn to trust again by learning to trust myself? Where do I begin in this? Like, obviously I have to start by trusting myself to make good judgment calls, but I don't, I don't know where to begin with that. I don't know where to, to start with that. When I was 29, um, that was the, the struggle that really took me down the road of, of actual healing. It's because suddenly I, um, I found myself in a situation where I was hurt and I don't know if we need to put trigger warnings up for this or not, or not Andy, but like when I was raped at 29, I really felt I was walking into a safe space that evening. And I really felt like I could trust myself and I was completely wrong. And so like going out of that space and into a, a new space of how do I get that back? How do I learn how to really trust myself and be fully grounded in, in my intuition and perceptions of the world around me and still be open to new people and new situations without shutting everything off? It's, a, it's something that's really hard. And I think that this movie takes those things face on in a, a really digestible way that's going to resonate with people at all different levels depending on where they're at. So like four-year-olds like up to 43-year-olds can take something out of this movie and really look inward and try to try to do it better. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. I mean that's the that's the hope of of this movie I think right and yeah I I like how you know I mean Raya is jaded and it's her father who's trying to you know teach her to to be open and um then once her father is gone you know she needs Sisu to be there to do the same thing you know, to, to be like, oh, you know, maybe instead of going in there and stealing it, maybe we just offer them a nice present or, you know, and yeah, she's naive and it's kind of funny, but, you know, but, but we're supposed to believe that like the magic of dragons is about bringing people together and having harmony and understanding and that, uh, the Droon are the anti-dragons, that they're about division and, um, you know, and, and I think, you know, wherever there's anger or fear, that's, that's where they come from. So, you know, it's like, okay, as a, as a fable about how do we bring that magic back in, it's like, well, it's gotta, it's gotta start with us each individually you know assemble a team from you know the five different uh the five different kingdoms and and go on a quest together to try to you know to try to heal the world and i i like that i think that's i don't know it's it's powerful and i i think it will help kids at least i hope so i hope so too (laughs) yeah i really do i think it's beautiful even with the way that with um, how Sisu 
reflecting on herself, right? Like, it, it covers so many different levels in this movie, and I, I just think it's really cool. Like it. Yeah. And there's lots of water, and my name is Brooke, and so I... It's a really... Uh, the one thing I like, too, is I, I like the uniqueness of all of the characters. Um, I mean, I know Disney is traditionally pretty good at um, side characters, but, you know, I think about one of my one of my favorite movies kung fu panda you don't get a lot of depth in the side characters till the later movies right um this one i really felt like i was rooting for the side characters just as much as for raya um because i i felt like they kind of developed everybody's story um and and i really got a kick out of them right like who, where else would you have a, a baby thief with a bunch of monkeys you know um things like that I thought were really clever um, and made me more invested in, in the overall mission. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it goes back to who's your favorite side character. I mean, is it the giant armadillo when I first thought was a potato bug, but um, <laughs> it's hard to choose because they're all so they're fairly well fleshed out for a pretty quick Disney movie. Yeah. Right? I'm sorry. Um, is Tuck Tuck not a potato bug? <laughs> a big fuzzy one. <laughs> the fuck? Legit. You know, I thought it was a sow bug when I first saw it. I'm like, that is a cute looking sow bug. What is that thing? <laughs> Shut up. He's like, a, he's like a potato bug, armadillo, pangolin. Well something. done. Totally, well done. Totally Man, if, it had, if it had been a pangolin with the whole pangolin as the COVID vector. Oh. That Jeez. might have been a poor choice, but um, yeah, Good yeah, thing legit. They chose I thought a, I... a a fake creature, yeah, um, rather than a yeah. So I again, I that's funny. That you... <laughs> I mean, I did. I was like, oh, I want a cute little sow bug. Oh, it's got a face. Never mind. Um, um, voiced by Alan Tudyk. Of course, but wouldn't they of have course. faces? Potato bugs. I, I I don't know. I I will admit to never having looked at one. You should Close just enough, truly they, blown my mind. I'm on they, Google they right now. They roll up pretty quick when I I stroll by. So. Yeah, I don't know about faces. They've got little antenna and. Oh, they got a face, but you don't want to see it. They, yeah, they, I don't think so. I know they have mothers, and that's all that matters. <laughs> that is an evil-looking bug. They are not so cute. I love that you googled it. <laughs> yep, not so cute. We got to put that in the chat. The picture of an actual. I'm salary. trying. <laughs> side by side comparison. Anyway, I did. I did love the. I mean, all of them had such a a a meaningful kind of heart wrenching story. Where I think I think when we've kind of talked about this, we forget that all of us get somewhere in a different journey, but sometimes the same end goal, right? Like here are all these people who they thought they should dislike. And in reality, they were all in the same spot, same predicament. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's a lot of the stories that we share in life is our stories are in a lot of ways pretty similar. Um, and Brooke, like you mentioned, it's weird that we try to divide ourselves over things um, when, you know, the dangers and things that face us are all pretty similar. I don't know if anybody noticed, but um, so there are two princesses in this movie. And, and they're both, like, strong, capable women who who learn 
lessons, you know, maybe the hard way, but they, they kind of earned that. And there's a lot of things to love about that, but they were pit against each other the vast majority of the movie. And, and I think I may have discussed this before, um, you know, how women in movies for so long and even today you see it still where they're just always competitive with each other. They're always at each other's throats or like they're, you know, like cat fights and all this bullshit. And that it wasn't like that. There was a reason these two women were pitted against each other. But I would just like a story where... You know, if you're going to have two princesses, can't they work together on something? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I I just, um, it, it would be nice to see them not be adversaries for like 90% of the movie. Um, and I understand it had to be that way for to earn that ending, which was really great and had a great message. But, boy, it, it does get tiresome, though. Yeah. Ship them at the beginning. I'm with Melissa. Ship them from minute one. Let's get it going. Yeah. Two, <laughs> two great characters. Get. Uh, let's have it. Let's have them both with mothers and fathers. Mm. Good relationship, and they have to solve, fix the world together. Why not? And the parents don't have to be married to each other, just as long as they're not freaking dead. Dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're just like around. They're in the background. Yeah. I don't need like. I don't need Namari's father to like speak, but he's just like, oh. he's there. He's at he's work. Like, yeah. He's at a second job. Yeah. We don't need to load them up with fucking traumas all the time. No. You know, he's yeah. got a graveyard shift. They have to do it while he covers it or the family, yeah. business. No. whatever, who cares? Yeah. His wife's the chief and he's off, you know, he's a, he makes, uh, he makes noodles and, and sells like street noodles, you know? Yeah, he's got a with a yeah. secret ingredient. Oh, you got me talking game. about my other favorite movie. <laughs> anyway, no, um, I'm with I'm with Melissa 100. That that was actually my studio note is bring them. Yeah, on. that probably should have been a studio note. Whoopsies. We'll, we'll, I mean, I think everything I said today is a studio note. Yeah, it's a pretty good studio note. Well, I mean, bring them back in studio notes because yeah, yeah because these are completely valid things. But that, yeah, that was the big one. Start start off. I mean, Melissa's right. It, it builds contention if everybody's, um, you know, you're going to other tribes to find people to support you. But I think that's one that could have probably been a little easier at the beginning, right? Because they already had the history. Yeah. And I mean, and you can you can have like, a oh, there was a misunderstanding, but we're, we're trying to work past it. Um, maybe we don't fully trust each other we're coming at this from like two different angles maybe there's some you know there's there's something there but it's not you know they're not yeah they're not pit against each other that's the that's the key agree melissa yeah or they're both looking for the dragon different ways and they run into each other and they're like hey i remember when we um, hung out at that party that one time and then high five and off we go. Less Indian Belloc, more Indian Marin Ravenwood. Yeah. yeah. The last 45 minutes of RRR, not the first two hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> or even like, show them getting along and then having like their own insecurities come up that makes them want to push away from the other woman, but then realizing that they really do need each other and letting that shit go and like continuing to work on it. There you go. You can have real conflict between people without it having to be trauma and 
cutting each other down and fucking destroying each other. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Show that. Let our girls and, and boys and everyone start learning how to, like, talk through shit. Like, in Prue's new school, they have this three-point system where <laughs> you've got a, a student conflict where it's, like, between two kids, and they sit them down and they talk with them. And then if it goes bigger than that, then... Well, if it's if it's just with one student, they have a sit down with like the teacher and the principal and the parents, and they they call it a no fault system where not no one is faulted. It's just like what is the concern and how do we find an answer for everyone? And then if it's between two students, they sit them down. And if it's between more than two students, then they sit the entire class down to brainstorm together and come up with like solutions that's going to work for everyone as far as communications and everyone being heard. And like, why are we doing that in our everything? Hmm. Like, show, show them discussing what's wrong and having like a like high... EQ as well as IQ and let's just do it better. Yeah. But I mean, but I think they they knew that the 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 money shot, the 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 thing that they had to get to was at the end um Sisu had to get shot in the heart by the crossbow and it had to be both their faults so that they could eventually come back together to like try and mend that but it still it still sucks that that's a very i don't know a very male way of of viewing uh conflict and yeah my studio note this when she got shot that she yelled why trusted you as she fell into the river but this is why I'm not in writing anything. <laughs> <laughs> that have been horrible. I trusted you. And then way more trauma than we needed for this movie. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone would have yapped and bawling. Um, uh, where was the incinerator? Where was the Toy Story 3? That's what I was going <laughs> to oh, Well, I mean, everybody gets turned to stone by these giant purple smoke monsters so i mean that's pretty uh that smoke monster was pretty cool I that's traumatic enough yeah, yeah it was pretty traumatic but the only thing that would have made that creepier is if they all had clown masks on oh jeez, yeah, that would have been it or if Ooh. they would have made like uh, scary noises yeah jb jots down clown studio note hold on <laughs> <laughs> okay so should we should we move towards studio notes and or do we have anything else we want to discuss Okay, let's we can we can talk about the box office. This is a weird box office because it was released in theaters, but it only made fifty four point seven million dollars. Um, that's it. Um, but it was still one of the bigger money makers of twenty twenty one. It was in the top twenty for the for the U.S. And it was, okay, check this out. It was number one three weeks in a row. For the first three weeks, it was, it was released. And then guess how long it stuck around in the top five moneymakers? 
all year? Oh, uh, not quite. Oh, well then, my guess is wrong. Like, uh, 15 weeks. 15 weeks. Were they, I mean, that was, did they keep releasing stuff? I can't remember. Yeah, they kept releasing stuff. Interesting. Yeah, and it wasn't until, um, it just kept chugging along and it just kept, just kept making money and it just, I mean, not a lot of money because not many people were going to the theaters. I mean, it was, you know, me and, me and my kid going to a completely empty theater in the middle of a, uh, the day on a Tuesday, um, you know, after, after physical therapy. So, you know, it's not, it's not like they, these were packed houses or anything, but it quietly made, you know, $54 million more, more interesting and more impressive was that this ended up being actually a, a huge, huge streaming success. Um, it, Melissa, you were not the only one who was like, I am not watching this. Um, the streaming numbers were pretty low for its first four weeks. And uh, they didn't see a huge jump in the box office. So, um, but when it finally went for free on Disney Plus, uh, after four weeks of, of the the VOD $30 BS thing that many of us bought into. Um, it, uh, it became the second highest streamed film in the country and uh, remained in, in the top streaming uh, in the top streaming uh, things all year long uh, for all of 2021, according to Nielsen, uh, the top streaming movies were number one, Luca, which only went to Disney Plus, didn't go in theaters at all. Uh, number two, Moana. And then number three, Raya. Four was Frozen 2. Uh, and number six, Frozen. Um, so, you know, this was, this was a huge, huge success for Disney Plus in terms of getting uh, people's eyeballs on it and um really proved that they could you know that they could put something on streaming and still have it be working at the box office i mean you know i mentioned you know it, it had four weeks on vod and then it went on disney plus and then it spent 11 more weeks where it was still in the top five even though it was available for free to anybody on Disney Plus, enough people wanted to go and see this in a theater. So, um, really kind of interesting, and probably, and this is definitely the only movie uh, that that is really true of. So, uh, pretty crazy. Um, studio notes, Melissa, we can. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I pretty much said my piece already. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I did enjoy the movie, but they needed to have, I, I feel like they need to be more specific about the cultures and not just a general 
culture and i think the movie and i'm not it's not because that's more woke or pc or whatever the hell you want to call it it's because it would make a better story mm-hmm. I, it really I agree. um and the story was good but it could have been better i think by that addition and then um you know not using southeast asian actors in a southeast asian film there if there wasn't a lot of those that particular type of actor to fill the roles then i would understand but there are plenty you mm-hmm. know um instead they used names i don't think names sell tickets in animated movies nobody cares who does the voices as long as they're done well you know um so that there's that and then not pitting women against each other uh yeah. again it worked in this movie but it would be nice if they had a movie where you know maybe god forbid the princesses pair up you know um it, i don't know it if it, it, it sounds like i didn't like this movie i think because i i have so many studio notes but but there are things that need to be addressed and i can still like the movie even if i saw it shortcomings right yep i i echo all of yours um I didn't have any studio notes, but you definitely convinced me on all three of those. I think that's... Yeah, and I think we all had that. I mean, um, with with all of these movies, I think we enjoy them. I mean, same Frozen, Frozen Two, Moana. They're they're all good movies. Um, I, I echo Melissa. I like all of your studio notes. I think I would like the parents to still be around. I like the idea of changing the source of the conflict. Um, away from the tried and true you know lack of trust kind of thing i mean again i get it um but yeah i I mean i think thematically you could have i guess quote unquote taken a risk i don't think it would have been that big of a risk but change those those thematic portions uh add what melissa has and and i think you would have still had a fine movie um so i just i'm you guys have made me so where I, I watch anything now and I'm like, where the hell's the mom? I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> Where's the mom or a grandma or somebody? This is bullshit. So yeah, I'm 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 definitely on board with, with all of that. I did like the music. Oh, the music was wonderful. It's really good. I, I think um I, I don't know if they could have done more with it, but um I I would have liked, I don't know. When you got the $30 ride in The Last Dragon, you got the soundtrack for free. I don't know if they did that, but something like that would have been cool. I I would have liked more of the music because um, I think it was a big aspect of the film that um, didn't get hit on a lot. I don't, I remember a little bit of merch, um, a couple Funko Pops, things like that, but I think this would have been a really good merch movie, especially, you know, build your own potato bug or whatever you would have wanted. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, yeah, Andy, I wonder if, if, I would have changed some of the marketing and um, done some more with that. But yeah, I'm, I'm with Melissa. I think her studio notes excellent um, to go along with it. Do we have favorite one-liners or quotes? Oh, there was the cat lady line that was funny. I'm trying to remember what it was. Here I, I, liked, were, I liked oh, when... Oh, you're gonna, here, I, here I thought you were going to end up being a cat lady when she sees her again. For the, I thought that... I don't know why that made me laugh. I, I think it was very unexpected. Those those saber tooth tiger mounts were pretty awesome. I'd be a cat lady for those. <laughs> That's awesome. Like those are badass. 
Wow, there was no offense to Tuk Tuk, but man, pretty cool. Um, my my favorite line was uh, Sisu saying, uh, "Look, I'm a human. Look how close my my head is to my butt." <laughs> That, that was pretty good. What's the good. um, what's the careful? It's a toot and boom. Yeah, those um, are the, those crazy bugs. Yeah. yeah, those things are funny. Oh, note to self: don't die. That was the other one. That's a good one. And I did like Tong's. I too wish to join this fellowship of Droon butt kickery. That's pretty good. Because I pictured him saying that in the Doctor Strange. Yeah. What you want more? <laughs> yeah. It would have been a nice add to Doctor Strange too. Nice. There were lots of meaningful cool. lines too, but I'm I don't remember many of those as you guys can expect. <laughs> I, I like towards the end during the climax of the film where she, Raya says, you know, then let me take the first step. Um just a very simple line, but it it just sort of brought everything that they'd been building up to together. In, you know, with that one line, and um, I really enjoyed it. Almost anything that came out of Aquafina's mouth was pretty funny, um, but you know, and enjoyable. But I, I just really liked how that brought everything full circle in a sense. Yeah, that was really great. I really liked at the beginning when when Binja is talking to her about how he invited everyone there. And she's trying to like question him about them being their enemies. And he says, they're only our enemies because they think the dragon gym magically brings us prosperity. And she says, well, that's ridiculous. It doesn't do that. And he says, they assume it does, just like we assume things about them. Like, yeah. I, I loved how he wrapped himself up into that and was making, a, he was just so smart about everything that he said to her. Um, but I, I liked that part of like, Question your assumptions. Yeah. Okay. Best side character. I would, JB. I don't know how we like define who's the side characters in oh this. Oh my gosh. I mean, I think it's everyone except for Raya and Namari and Sisu. I think that. What's the roly poly one? Tuk-tuk. 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 Yes. Tuk-tuk That's great. my favorite. He reminds me of a roly-poly. He's so cute. Yes. He He's adorable. And very useful. Very Super useful. Um, speaking of cute, um, I really like the baby. The little noy. Little noy, is that how you... Yeah. Little noy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it, it's very silly to have a baby thief and her monkeys. Here's a question. Did she work for the monkeys or did the monkeys work for her? Oh, I don't have their union contract. I solidly feel like they worked for her. Yeah, I think so. It's a smart baby. I think yeah. they were, I think they were a, a, an LLC and they all had equal ownership. A DBA? In the, in the, in the thievery. 25% across the board. Nice. Uh, I, I'm with I'm with you all. I I, I think Tuktuk was surprised me with how fun he was. Um, I liked all of the side characters, but I, 
I really liked the chief. I was going to well. say Benja. Yeah, just a really good, solid character. Um, I also liked the who was the lady that had the gem at the end and tricked Sisu. That was a pretty funny character, the old lady. Oh yeah, the, or whatever uh, it was, was the it Talon Chief. Dong yeah, Hu. Yeah. yeah. I thought that part was really good. Every, these characters were all very clever in how they were used. So, but yeah, I, I liked the chief a lot. Um, I mean, we always pick Alan Tudyk, so kudos to him <laughs> being a favorite so, side character 10 movies in a row, right? He went to Juilliard for this. So, you know. <laughs> That's 17 seconds of a YouTube clip there. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, th I mean, by default, there's only one song in the movie, so the best song is that song in the credits, I guess. <laughs> Which I think is just okay. That's a studio note. Have a better song. What is this? It's just like kind of. It's it's good. It's not bad. It just. I, don't know. I mean, it's James Newton Howard. You can listen to his stuff for hours right i like the score a lot i think the the pop song was a little eh. yeah it was a little I, what was it lead lead the way or something is that what it was called the, the fact that we can't remember i think says volumes yeah about it and i'm sorry i'm sure there are people who who love that song so uh lead the way doesn't look so. like it was up for a grammy so no. Minus points. This movie was nominated for the Oscar for Best Animated Feature, though, and it lost to the movie we're covering next week. <laughs> so, um, what yeah. are we playing next week? Encanto. <laughs> we're going to talk about Bruno. Um, Ugh. I could go without hearing that song again. Too bad. <laughs> You're off the fucker. podcast. I'm Blah. sorry. Get Blah. out of here. Blah. Next week, we get to have long conversations about best songs. There are so many good songs. <laughs> there are a lot. Okay. That's not one of them. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, we've had a lot of criticism. Is this a good movie, though? Yes. Yeah. Hell yes. I love this movie. Great. This is, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I have reasons why I like this more than Encanto. I apologize. But... I know I'm I'm in the um, I'm in the minority there, uh, just just barely. I love Encanto. Encanto is great. It's a great. How does it feel to be in the minority, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the podcast has turned. That's okay. <laughs> I understand. It's all right. I, uh, you know, it it doesn't it doesn't have surface pressure in it, so it's it's. It's a different movie, though. I mean, yeah, you can see why you like movie. portions uh, differently. I mean, it's hard to compare them. It, I mean, as a princess movie, this one is not like your normal princess movie, though. There, there are no songs. It's not a musical. It's very much based on adventure. I mean, the only other one that's really like that is Brave. And even that was a little more silly and less uh, kind of tragedy focused yeah yeah well don't worry okay. andy coco's better than both of them so uh, i mean coco oh, yeah coco is, is incredible coco's incredible yeah. so 
is the main character a good person? I think that's Raya. I think, so I think all of them are good characters, even okay. the misguided ones. Right? Yeah, I don't think I don't think any of these are bad people. They're all trying. They're all trying their best. And that's the that's the message. That's the other thing I liked about Disney movies in, in recent times is that they they did kind of go away from the quote unquote villain. I mean, in the last couple movies, there isn't really a true villain, right? There's, there are, there's misinterpretations. There's, you know, human fallibility, but long gone are the the wicked witches and stuff like that. Yeah, but so. to Melissa's point, it does make me sad that Namari is coded as the antagonist for, you know, seven eighths, nine tenths of the movie. Right. So, I mean, in reality, it would be her mother that would be the the villain. Well, even then, but there, yeah. I mean, yeah, agreed. It's it's a it's a pretty weak villain in terms of villainy. So, yeah, I mean, this isn't Claude Frollo gonna commit genocide against <laughs> no, you know, no, against the people. You know, we learned from not having that guy in a movie again. Well yeah. done. And should we show this to children? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I think they I think they like it more than we do. <laughs> At that yeah, I think I mean that's not possible in my house, but yes. Um, yeah. Okay. It, was, it was an interesting switch. I liked Coco way more than the kids, and they liked this way more than I did. Huh. So it is pretty interesting. That is interesting. So I don't know. I'm just I'm in love with this movie. I'm <laughs> It's a good movie. I <laughs> I, I felt weird because I felt like I hadn't looked at the box office or any of the streaming numbers to like see how actually dominant this movie was. I spent most of the year thinking everybody hated Raya. I think because most of the like online criticism of it was very negative. Really? Yeah. A lot of people being like this is an Avatar The Last Airbender ripoff, and Jeez. and people still really mad about Kelly Marie Tran and The Last Jedi, and you know, just like, oh, well, she's garbage, and like, so, I don't know. There's too much, there's too much of that out there, it felt like. Interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway, but we get to talk about Bruno next week. By the way, Dos Uruguitas is by far a better song than we don't talk about. We'll see. Ugh. I mean, there's so many, there's so many good songs in that in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Every song are... in that movie is good. Hells yeah. It's it's a solid. Even the score is really really good. I mean, there's like 44 songs on the soundtrack. There's a ton. Yeah. Yep. So, it's a great, very so, well put together. It's no Coco, but it's pretty good. It's, it's it's a lot of fun though. It is, <laughs> and 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 we have, uh, you know, we once again have you know family all there, and and the movie is all about family. So uh, that's good on you, Disney, for not killing everybody off yet. <laughs> oh. Ruin the so, night. There we go. Okay, uh, yeah, Coco next week. Um, any anything else um or do we have do we have an update on brooks 
yours, mine, and theirs. Recap of Melissa's. How tie into our other podcast? Oh, yeah, we should talk about other podcasts real quick. Um, by the way, Brooke and I both were on the Welcome to Geek Town podcast nice. talking about um, episode two of She Hulk this last week. That was a lot of fun. So people can go listen to that and hear Brooke be very brilliant and me be me make lots of wild speculation about what's happening in the MCU. So, um, yeah, Brooke, are, yeah, um, yeah. Did you have you said on this podcast what your what your movies are for yours, mine, and oh wait. We probably shouldn't do that. I haven't announced it yet over there. So I'm announcing on the first. And and Melissa, you're you're watching red, blue, and yellow movies this week, right? (laughs) Like that. I don't even know. (laughs) Have you have you watched any of them yet? Are you Are you kidding me? No. Okay. I'm I don't know. Some of them, I mean, the Blues Brothers is a great movie. I love yeah. that movie. Yeah. So, I don't know. And and uh, Hang the Red Lantern, uh, great movie. So, you know, I don't I don't know about Yellowstone. I guess we'll see if that's it's it, it's not the not the TV show. Not the, not TV, the TV show. show yeah. Unfortunately, I think I think that would be a good gag. You should just show up and be like. So I love Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner was great in this, right? I watched all the seasons. Oh, I, I, I watched watch every episode. Just for this, just for this podcast. See how see see right. how long you can do that before before they catch on. I don't know. I think that would be funny. Yeah, but I yeah. Think I might do that. Okay. Well, what good is, luck, and, the... and then go have a listen to uh, to that when that comes out, and have a listen to the episode you already did with your okay. um, with your with your three movies. Yeah, because those were those were good movies. They really, they really are good movies. Yeah, yeah. excellent movies, really, really including good. Barfie, which is a favorite Ooh. here yeah. at the podcast as well. Yes. I just I I, I um. You know, I was really blown away by how great Maria Full of Grace was, though. Yes. So, uh, did, yeah. you, did you never seen it? Or... I'd never seen it before. That had that had been a blind spot, and but that was amazing. And I was kind of aware of Citizen Ruth. I was glad to have seen it. Um, I, yeah, it's I I like that it's playing with the dynamics of like, you know, uh, our. People in politics maybe not being on the level when it comes to, yeah. you know, advocacy around reproductive choice and and things like that. I thought that was it was a good take on it, although very very cynical. Yes, but I yeah. don't know. But um, that's how I feel about reproductive rights right now. Anyway, so yeah, it's sort of yeah. timely. Hard hard not to feel that way. So, but three great movies. Go listen to that podcast. You're great on it. John and Roy are. Hey, I should say something mean about them and see if they listen. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's great though. I carried that entire podcast. Man, yeah, I, don't even, I don't even know why they said anything the whole time. 
that's how bad they were. Uh, and yeah, and then by the time, well, this this podcast will come out, and then by the end of the week, Brooke will announce what her three movies are that she's never seen before. Um, that they, she's gonna do. Did they Oops. finally pick which category? Afterwards, it was a tie last time, right? Between oh yeah, I don't, off. I haven't gone back on and looked. It was tied. Um, they kept asking me to vote, and I was refusing because <laughs> I wanted to leave my fate up to everyone else. Yeah, vote for the Tommy Kirk movie. That'll show them. I know. I almost did just to be. I want. Favorite. I want Tommy Kirk movies to win just because I want to. I want y'all to watch The Monkey's Uncle. Just so, <laughs> just so the monkey's uncle can be the best song of the podcast. Oh, it's whoa, it's whoa! She tied. loves the monkey's uncle. Whoa, whoa! Yeah, it's still tied, six to six. And who voted for Tommy Kirk? I, I voted for Tommy Kirk. Okay, so in absentia. So it's six neighbors from hell, six body swap, and Andy. <laughs> Way to go, Andy! You're welcome. <laughs> we'll show them. I mean, really, it's just going to be. Brooke talking, so who cares what they vote for? Hey, that's true. That's true. <laughs> anyway. Every time John talks, you should just go, shut up, John, and just keep talking over him, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to ask you. You get Katie on the podcast. She's she she's better. Go away, John. Get your girlfriend on here. We want her back. <laughs> I don't think oh. it would go over well. And then oh, I'd feel so bad. I but I would I would love to hear a podcast with you and Katie. I think that would I you would Katie too. and Melissa should do a podcast. Oh my gosh. That would be awesome. That would be great. We should. Oh yes. Anyway. That's be a good idea. Every once in a while you have a good idea. <laughs> Occasionally. Usually I steal them from from the two of you and then pretend that they're mine. That's right. Yeah. That you is know. true. Mail. Typical, typical white male behavior. Failing Mediocre up. white man. Yep. Failing up on women's ideas. That's right. That's right. Thank you. That will be all. God damn it. That's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. Oh, Kit is you sick. the shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the recording. This <laughs> <laughs> timing is impeccable as always. <laughs> I didn't see the button going. <laughs> Sorry, I got stuck. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, kids. Yeah, kid, it is kid not. It is today. not feeling well. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um, here we go. <laughs> That's what I get for watching uh, RRR and going. Are we talking about that? <laughs> no. You wish. Oh, it's so RRR. good. <laughs> Melissa is now never going to watch that movie. I am movie totally just using because. it for my yours, mine, and oh, theirs. Just the last forty-five minutes alone, Melissa is worth. It. Which is what five hours into the film? It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's the last twelve percent of the movie. <laughs> it is. It is an epic in every you, sense of the you word. You know, Andy, it reminds me of the raid. 
where I watched it and I was like, yeah. holy crap, what just happened for three hours that I can't believe only felt like an hour. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was. It was but it like, but it also changes into like five different movies along the way. Uh, it's like, the, oh, now we're now this is like a romantic movie and there's like a big dance number. And now there's this crazy action. Sequence, and now there's and this now, heart wrenching, like epic, you know, scene where there's you know mm-hmm. just the revolution rising up from one song uh, anyway i and now it's like torture porn <laughs> and then and, and now it's then the it's best like oh, parkour now it's the best parkour action film you'll ever see yeah now, yeah is there aftercare it's, it's with crazy. this torture porn um, <laughs> no he just he, he, he just kind of magically recovers like a month later somehow god damn it they need yeah. to show aftercare it's so important it's- no, well, I mean, it's the British actually like torturing him, so it's oh. not like. Never mind, I got all excited. It's, the it's wrong not. Way. I'm. I. I mean, I mean, torture porn in the way that like Mel Gibson made a torture yeah. porn movie, in the <laughs> like that part in James Bond where Daniel Craig takes it in the nuts with a under the chair, like that kind. Of I just thing. want you guys to know that if Mel Gibson is involved in any kind of porn, I'm out. Wait, Mel Gibson, like today or like nineteen? Don't care. Okay, any of them. <laughs> Just clarifying. <laughs> like, if you get the, you know, the 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 rigs porn from the Lethal Weapon cut, is it the like sexiest man alive, Mel yeah. Gibson, nineteen ninety six? He wasn't. Uh, Ugh, yeah. He never did it for me. It's okay. He never did it for me either. Yeah, I, but I I'll tell you me. what those those guys in RRR. <laughs> Get it's it. so great because you don't expect any of them to be like these superhero guys, and then they just turn out to be that. So it's it is. It's ridiculous. It was just really neat. I can't wait to watch the other two he did. I I, I can't pronounce them, but yeah. But it's a real. It's you know, there. It's it's Tony Stark and Captain America. It's 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 freaking frack. It's Riggs and Murtaugh. It really it's, is. It's like the best buddy cop. You know, um, character growth film ever how they yeah. reconcile and anyway anyway we're not here to talk Different about that movie. we're here to talk about <laughs> rrr did melissa, did melissa disconnect she just left <laughs> she's like i'm she's out like i'm getting okay i'm getting dinner while you guys let's actually get started three minutes in recording. <laughs> i'm sorry were y'all talking <laughs> we were waiting for that. We're talking about rrr yeah i love you he's Five over there making it rain later. with those jokes that andy doesn't get <laughs> <laughs> okay. eat it rain i love it <laughs> like a pun on top of a pun and he's still eating <laughs> hey i got that, so, I wait, got that did one. you understand what i was trying to say i did, I did, I, did. But okay. I, was, okay. I heard it from the kitchen i was like because king benja yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I'm just dumb. I you mean, I tried to put all about the Benjamins, but yeah. it's too long. It's way too long. Yeah. I, well, it was funny because when I, you first came on, I thought you said Benjamins. And I'm like, does he have bad king breath? Like, what, <laughs> what are you when you get turned to stone, your breath turns to <laughs> shit, man. There's no oral hygiene when you're, when you're made of stone. Oh, you got to scrape that tongue <laughs> when you get fresh again. So. <laughs> That's right. Especially after eating all that, all that hot and sour soup, yeah. it's not. By the way, Andy, okay. you're really quiet. Just so you know, I am weird. Really quiet. Okay, um, Which let me see if weird, I turn so up my. Uh, level. JB, it's Chief Benja. Chief, as Benjamin. opposed to Chef Benja. 
Jeff Benjamin. That was so I was like, Tall Benjamin. Jeff. <laughs> I really need better okay. contacts. How about that? Is that ooh, I Tall Jeff became tail chief. I think I'm Andy's like, oh. getting quieter. Yeah, you really are. Oh, am I? Okay. I, you need I to hold your I mic like, like Brooke talks. Are you trying to seduce me. someone, Andy? What the fuck? <laughs> no, I'm not. We got to keep all this in the His, his microphone is in a bathtub right now. Someone. You can't cut any of this, by the way. His microphone in his is in OnlyFans right now is what he's, he's doing. In, he's in the Stockholm room. He's down there. <laughs> if anyone wants to be seduced by me. This bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Janet.